0: You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jamman. Hey everyone, it's Michael Jamman. Welcome back to Screenwriters Need to Hear This. Today I got a very special guest that none of you deserve to hear. You're just not good enough. But if you <laughs> <laughs> but if you do want to listen, pull over here. If you're listening in your car, pull over. You gotta because this is uh this is a big shot in the TV world. So with my guest, I have Jay Kogan, and I have to, you gotta know who this guy. If this guy's been around the block, okay? Started I believe he started on the Tracy Ullman show. He wrote on The Simpsons, The Single Guy, The Wrong Guy. This was back when he told his agent he would only do guy shows, and everyone's like, this guy's out of his mind. But then he did Frazier, uh, George Lopez. You did the first, draw. I was in the other George Lopez. You're the one, people think I wrote on Lopez. Nah, not that Lopez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm in the middle, and I'm leaving off half your credits. I'm just skimming through this. The Thank Class, you. Happily Divorced. The troop, Wendell and Vinnie, Kirsty, which is where we worked together for ten minutes because I was, you know, for the freelance episode that we did. But that was only ten, you know. Honestly, that was a real fast mm-hmm. uh, interaction. Then uh, Ned and Stacy, School of Rock, um, and then now you're doing, I guess, oversharing and, and Renaissance. I want to talk more about that. And and the new Punky Brewster. I I don't know how that happened. I want to know more about that. But okay, so my guest is Jay Hogan. and I got to say, I, I never told you this, Jay, but. My first job was on just shoot me right and so i was a young baby writer and every you know everyone on that st- on that staff it was like levitan and and andy gordon khan and and right. Stephen engel and you were one of these names that always came up it was jay kogan said the funniest thing on fraser jay kogan did this he came into the room he did that and you were on my honestly in my mind you were like this mythical character you know and even at the time i was like I don't know if it's Jake Hogan or Jake Hogan, and I don't want to ask because no I don't one
1: does. To... No <laughs> one knows. It's true. No one knows.
0: Too bad uh, to truth. ask.
1: I'm too. I'm still mythical, by the way. Just so you know, you're still I welcome. may or may not be real.
0: Right. Mythical. Right.
1: mythical, right? Mythical. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said I'm mythical. I don't know. So you don't. You don't know whether I'm real or not. So I don't know. I don't
0: want to find out. I don't know.
1: But we'll get to the bottom. And the of people this. who are driving who pulled over, thank you for pulling over. <laughs> I appreciate it. I hope you're safe put your hazards on
0: i so Jay, i got a, a million questions for you but i guess i us start with the beginning everyone wants to know like how did how did you break into hollywood
1: oh it was a really rough ride man i uh, my dad was a writer producer and i asked him to introduce me to some of his friends
0: <laughs> but and, and then, your dad, let's talk about your dad so like and i took it from there to, <laughs> but but you—he wrote. And he wrote on a bunch of shows, like Mary Tyler Moore show. What else did, did you write he on? He did. He wrote. He, he wrote.
1: Mary Tyler Moore. I believe he wrote a Mash. He wrote a Newhart, uh, and the Newhart show, Bob Newhart show, and Newhart. Uh, he wrote on um, the Cabernet show and the Dean Martin show right. and the Jim Davis right. show and the Donny Marie show. And uh, he worked on uh, Empty Nest. And he worked on. He worked on a million shows. Uh, and uh, wrote one shitty movie. Did what movie so was that? Do it. It's called oh, a Soupy sales movie called Birds Do It. And my, my father was telling me that he's he can't bear to watch it. He hasn't seen <laughs> it since 1963. Because it was rewritten?
0: Because Soupy re- rewrote it?
1: No, he, he wrote it
0: completely. <laughs> no, it's his fault. <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying it's horrible and it's his fault. So, but yeah. so you grew up around it. like So I thought you were from Brooklyn, but you, you grew up I was here. born in
1: Brooklyn and uh-huh. my dad uh, moved from Brooklyn. He was working on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and he moved out from Brooklyn to come work on the Dean Martin show in 1968, Jesus. Uh, and uh, and that was my first experience on a sound stage. Was on the Dean Martin show on a Christmas episode, and it said, "Ah, this looks like a fun job." Uh, little oh. did I know that writing is not a fun job. <laughs> writing is a really
0: unfun job. <laughs> People don't uh, realize that. But what yeah. was it? So what was it like growing around it? Like what, like, did you talk shop with? Did you? I don't know. Did you talk about scripts and stories? My talking shop was going to be limited. (laughs) But But even when you got older, like did you did he tell you how to write a script?
1: No, I mean here's here's the thing. We you grew up you grew up in a in a family that I'm sure was a funny family. There's no question. If you're funny, Uh you grew up in a funny family. My father, my my dad invented
0: comedy. He told me he made it up. (laughs) Right.
1: So my father and mother are funny, and if I try to make a joke at the table and get them to laugh, it was a great victory, right? So you'd hone right. your skills to make people laugh at the dinner table or at the on the living room couch, and that's kind of your writer's room training, and that's how you sort of become the jokey guy in high school or junior high and become the jokey guy, you know. So jokes, jokes were stock and trade in my house and my way right. to win my father's affection, so I, I tried to get good at it.
0: But you still had to learn story structure. You had to write a script.
1: Well, that sucked. It took me years to do that because I was done. I, I, had, I had, like money, like most writers, we had jokes, but we didn't really understand story structure at all. We thought we knew it right. was funny. And we thought, oh, just put funny stuff down, and that'll be enough. And that is way wrong, but uh, that's what I thought. And I wrote some spec mm. scripts and handed them to my dad. And he said, this is terrible. Become a lawyer. You know, He would say, do not try to become a writer. Uh, this is Uh awful. I wrote with, uh, some successful writers today who I work with Mm -hmm. in school Billy Ray. who was an Academy Award nominated writer Mm -hmm. and Robbie Fox and Mm -hmm. Wally Walidarski, who became my partner at the Simpsons and Tracy. And we wrote all the time. And, and my father would read these scripts and go, these are terrible. Do not get into the business. Uh, and, and, and so eventually I started working on, uh, PAing on TV shows, getting people delivering scripts at three in the morning and getting people lunches. Mm -hmm. And if I got it wrong, they'd scream at me and, uh, all that kind of stuff. But I would learn, sit in the writer's room and watch them work out stories and figure out how they did stories. So that process was really enlightening. And so I, my partner and I, Wally and I tried to write a script and we wrote a script with a, it's for it's Gary Shanling show, uh, and Mm -hmm. worked out one of their stories, which were always strange. Uh, and we did that. They kind of liked the script, but they didn't buy it, and then we wrote another right. one, and they didn't buy that, but then that became a sample that we got a job at the Tracy Ullman Show from, and that's how it mm-hmm. worked. And, and at the Tracy Ullman Show, under Heidi Perlman and Jim Brooks and Sam Simon and Jerry Belson, I started to learn that drama had a big part in comedy, and so mm-hmm. it wasn't just jokes. It was jokes and story and characters that you cared about and situations that had uh, impact and stakes and mm-hmm. all those kind of things that, you know, you, th- you know about when you're a kid, but you t- ignore it and go like, that's ah, what's funny. So,
0: yeah, right. It's so funny because I-, I talk about this all the time. I want to say I, you're going to confirm, I, I guess. Hopefully, maybe, or maybe I'm just a fuck, you know, an old blowhard, and I just like sound like an old crank. But I have a feeling you're going to confirm a lot of stuff that I say, because I'm always like, no, story's the most important thing. Jokes, cut. You can always interchange the jokes, and people don't quite understand that when you're You could
1: be a blowhard and also be right. So that, those <laughs> two you. things are not <laughs> incongruous. But yes, I will. I, I, when I talk to writers, I say that the story is first, character is second, and jokes are third. Mm-hmm. That you need the story is the hardest thing breaking a story is in writing is the hardest thing breaking a story re-breaking it making it sure that it pops making sure that we're not going down stupid roads that's the hardest Mm -hmm. thing everything else the jokes are the easiest thing uh honestly and they're the most replaceable thing you don't like a joke we'll cut it out and put a new joke in yeah a character as is they're very important but You've, sometimes you write something and you realize, oh, I have two characters that are the exact same person <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm going to condense them into one person or I have characters doing the same serving the same purpose in the story. And that's not a good idea. And so the story has to come first. And that's always the most difficult thing I always recommend to all writers mm-hmm. outline your shit, outline what you're mm-hmm. going to do before you write show the outline to somebody (laughs) get get feedback on it before you waste your time writing a script Mm -hmm. on a story that's not
0: going to work so that that's exactly right i have to i want to bring this up because i don't i want to i don't want to forget this but because my partner and i came in we wrote um we did a freelance on the kirsty show which we were you know on Mm -hmm. and uh i have to say it was one of the most enjoyable experiences because i it was like the last time I want to hear your thoughts on this. It was the last time I really was in a writer's room full of writers who, like, had more experience than me, you know, because now it seems like I'm 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 the old guy in the room. I'm the veteran guy, and I really enjoyed working. Don't you you think that? Your brand, you're now, that's your brand. You're the experienced guy. guy. (laughs) Yeah, but but it was so much fun, like, because you get to hear other people's stories. You get to hear their their wisdom. Like, there's so many heavy hitters in that room, you know? yeah i that was
1: a fun room i mean i've had a lot of fun rooms the 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 rooms are still fun when i go and and do them so it's like uh and and i am i the oldest guy in the room now maybe but i'm not sure Uh, sometimes depends on the show but i've certainly been around a long (laughs) long time so i'm going on uh it'll be you know 40 years soon that's a long time
0: yeah, it is a long time. It, yeah. So what do you uh you know accredit your 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 uh your longevity to? Like what how are how is it you're getting your last three jobs basically?
1: Well, the same way I got my first three jobs. It's sort of like you know, praying, meeting the right people, uh saying the right thing, uh wandering into a stupid situation that you didn't know about and suddenly they have a job like it's, it's, it's so not, uh, organized. And so like, this is, there are these jobs and you should, uh, you know, you're going to audition for these jobs and this is how it's, it's, it's a much more hazardous haphazard. There's a show here and they may need somebody and you should be developing something here and you have a million irons in the fire and we'll see what happens.
0: Right. So you're constantly hustling. So it's not like your agents just setting this up. Hey, Oh, Hey, they, they want to hire someone that you, you fit the bill. Right. I mean, it's not as easy as no, that. it No, rarely,
1: that rarely happens and sometimes it does. But I mean, I, honestly, uh, demographically, uh, I'm not, uh, the key <laughs> kind of person <laughs> yeah. that they're looking for right now. Uh, mm-hmm. and for, there's a million reasons for that. I mean, we should talk about that in, in your, that there's a, a need, there has been a desperate need to make the playing field equal to mm-hmm. all people from all different backgrounds. And for many, many years uh sort of Jewy Jewy white guys uh, <laughs> had a preference uh, right. so uh, we're we're now uh, the 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 guy like me Brooklyn Jewish uh, Brooklyn Encino Jewish yeah. guy uh, is there's there's a we're a dime a dozen there's a lot of us mm-hmm. and then there's a right. uh, brand new writers coming from different areas of, of experience and worlds and uh, different backgrounds and uh more women and more people of of, uh lgbtq and more uh bipoc people and they all get need a chance and they're sort of starting to get a chance and that means there's less room for people like you and me and there's shorter pickups and there's Mm -hmm. smaller rooms and so it's Mm -hmm. just it's
0: just become a lot harder it's a lot more hustle and so you're also developing how, how are you going about developing are you uh you know, is it your own ideas or you? what are you doing?
1: Some are my own ideas. Some are ideas that I have with other people that I meet and I think, oh, that's a good idea. Let's see if I can fix that. There's a, um, there's a, sh- a pilot we're working on called Oversharing that's based on a, on, a, on a play that I saw at UCB about a year and a half ago. And so we took the, the characters and the lifestyle of the characters in the play. The actors were also the writers. So I went work with these two women in their wow. late 20s about what it is. So you to approach be... them,
0: you approach them. You say, hey, uh, I want to develop your show.
1: Yeah. Yes. With the help of uh, Naomi Odenkirk, who is a manager who's who's not my manager, but right. had called me in to had seen this and I wanted to work with her. And she said, this is a good thing. So so she matched me with these people. And we've been working on this mm-hmm. together for a while. And um, and now we're, we're uh, you know, we wrote a pilot and we're sort of seeing where it goes.
0: So you wrote, okay, so that's interesting because sometimes, sometimes people that you write the pilot first, you go out with a pitch, but you decided to write it first.
1: Well, here's the thing. We had a couple different uh, things going on. the The writers who were the actresses who did this didn't have writing samples. So, but they wanted to be uh-huh. part of the show. So, right. to prove that they are able to write, they wrote. So it's also, so, you, so this is their, this is their first episode and mm-hmm. you know, they'd like to be in it too, but maybe we'll sell it without them in it. But this is to prove proof of con- concept. Like, here's this thing. We may right. not use it to sell the show. Right.
0: We may. So we'll see. We'll you, so you kind of just oversaw it. you, you were, you didn't, uh, help with the writing. You kind of just kind of directed them a little bit or no.
1: <laughs> well, I, we, we pitched out the story together. Uh, you know, I, I, they, I taught them kind of how the story structure is going to work and, 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 and bring their play into a series that whole transfer from series, uh, uh, you know, I guess I would get a developed by credit, something like that, but, uh, but I didn't write the script. I helped rewrite the script, but I I was involved heavily in the, the creation of it. So, I mean, my, my goal in this kind of thing is not to put my stamp on it. My goal is to take their world, their idea and bring it to life. And so the That's second exactly I'm right. sort of putting my, you know, 50 year old guy brand on her, their 20 something life, it's going to get ruined. Yeah. So right. I just have to sit back and sort of like appreciate the world they're creating and then give my input here or there to about maybe steering in certain directions and maybe this is what makes a funnier story and thing. And, and reminding them what their goal was and who their characters were. Sometimes you lose that track of that.
0: So how do you feel, uh, how do you feel like young writers have changed now? How are they, how are they different now than, you know, in attitude and preparedness and everything? So much dumber. So much dumber. So much dumber. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, what are the, they're the same.
1: I honestly uh-huh. feel like they're exactly the same. Here's, Here's what's different. The writers rooms are different. Yeah. What we can what what we're allowed to say and how we're allowed to behave is different. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's better or worse. It's just different. I mean, we in the old days, we could make fun of each other yeah. <laughs> and and have uh, do. Jo- I was famous for doing room jokes. I did jokes, a lot of jokes in a writer's mm-hmm. room. Right. Sometimes I would people would say things and I would die. Sometimes people will say things and I would uh, run out of the room so that you could see me in the window and just keep on running. Uh-huh. And if my car was in the visual <laughs> aspect of the window, I would get in my car and drive away. Uh-huh. I would do I would do a lot of <laughs> jokes. I would get, you know, uh, uh, physically ill at something that, you know, if, if, if I heard uh, two people were kissing or something like I would do jokes. Uh-huh. Um, all of which was based on the idea that they know I'm joking. Yeah. So, so I, could, I could make a joke about somebody who knew I was joking. Right. I could make a joke about them or their what they were wearing that day, and they knew that I love them. Yeah. And I'm joking. Right. Um, that's not okay anymore. You cannot <laughs> depend on people to understand your intention or even give a shit about your intention. Right. If there's a joke at their expense, you're in trouble. Yeah. So... You don't joke about stuff anymore at anyone else's expense we don't right. joke about their background we don't joke about where they're from or who they anything about their lives we keep it nice and 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 business-like yeah and then we just try to do the work yeah. so writers rooms have become ultimately for me a lot less fun yeah And a lot more a lot more i want to make a joke and i'm like i can't do it because i don't want to get I don't want to offend people, but I also yeah. don't want to, uh, get in trouble. And I think younger people can be offended. I'm, uh, I'm working with some college kids now. I was teaching a class at USC and <clears throat> as a college professor, you have to really be on your, t- you're like, you're not, you know, it's not a, this is not a writer's room, this is a school. Yeah. So, uh, but, but the, the writing students I'm working with all seem like they're making jokes all the time about all things so they're more like i was when i was a young person but i'm not making yeah. those jokes because i'm a professor <laughs> so i can i'm kind of stay out of the the realm of uh anything close to offensive or dirty
0: or uh strange or any of that that's of. interesting i didn't, I didn't but know you're the teaching. same. They i just want to make jokes i didn't know you're teaching at usc how long have you been doing that
1: a, a half a minute oh i had uh John John Bowman, the writer, John mm-hmm. Bowman was uh, a friend oh. of mine, and he was teaching a, a sketch writing class, and he unexpectedly died. Right, um, which is good because when you expect to die, that's all, that's <laughs> worse. Yeah. But uh, so then they asked me to step in to fill fulfill fill it uh, the the class that he was teaching. Right. So I started doing that.
0: Right.
1: Wow. Uh, and I also know you. I didn't, yeah. but you're also doing. You do improv. Oh yeah. I know. I've been doing it for my whole life. I started at the Groundling when I started. Uh, in show business, my goal was to not be a writer. My goal, my goal was cause writing seemed, I watched my dad uh. writing is lonely. It's quiet. It's intensive. Mm-hmm. It seemed hard. I like working with people. I like having jokes, having a good times. So I started being an actor and a stand-up comedian. And then I've, I, when I was 16, I was, when I was a kid, I was an actor when I was 16, I was still trying to be an actor and doing stand-up. And then I transitioned over to the groundlings, which was a much better atmosphere to be part of than, uh, than the improv or the comedy store. And right. I sort of figured out what character and story was based on that. Uh, that helped a lot, by the way, I do recommend that if you, if you can, if you're a writer to take acting courses mm-hmm. and take, uh, improv courses, because you'll learn a shit ton of what you need to know mm-hmm. uh, about being a writer. The other thing you need to do is take editing courses. If you can take a course in, in, in editing movies or editing TV shows, you'll learn what's important to keep in your script and what's not important to keep in your script. Right. I didn't know a thing until I
0: started editing. Do you uh, have, but, but, but anyway, what, is there any goal? Like what is there a goal for you for, or are you just like getting up there and performing? Is there an, is there an, you know, What do you mean? Like, is there an end to it? Do you want to? I'm hoping
1: people throw roses at me. That's my
0: goal. (laughs) But do you want? I don't know. Do you want to turn it into something, or do you just you just enjoy the process of getting up there and performing?
1: It's improv is cult a cultish comedy religion. So you do it because you learn the skill. It's like if I was a glassblower, (laughs) and suddenly I learned how to make little glass animals when I was sixteen, and. (laughs) I still know how to do it, and I like it, so I'm I'm, I'm doing improv. The the goal is to stay loose, right. keep your mind fresh. Uh, it helps. Improv helps this to be able to risk. You don't know what's coming. You don't know what you're going to do, and mm-hmm. you commit to a character and you commit to an idea, and you take it and see where it goes. It's no different than when you sit down to write a scene, and you're about to commit to writing a scene. You might know where it's supposed to go, kind of, but this is what really when it's time to commit to writing it and there's a blank piece of paper and you have to be the character uh, who says this other thing and then turn your mind to the other character that says this thing and what are what are they thinking and how are they acting and how are you being and what does the scene look like and how do you fill the space with physicality and all right. the things these are the things that you learn from improv right. and these are the things I, I still I, I still love doing it because it keeps me fresh and uh, reminds me of that it's fun to create and how, how often do you go up? My, the group that I'm working with now, the Transformers, we go up about once a month. Right. Uh, and then I'm also uh, an improv whore, and I will appear. I will, I will appear with any other improv group that asks me. Uh, usually, the Groundlings has uh, a show called Crazy Uncle Joe, and I do that sometimes. Or Cooking with Gas, and or sometimes I guest with another group. So it's 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 just fun to work with different people.
0: In, when when you do at, that uh, though, do you do pra- practice? I mean, I know it's improv, but do you? Is there any kind of rehearsal with these people or you're up there for the first yeah. time with these people you don't even know? Here's, again, it's it's a, it's something
1: you've learned. So uh-huh. you started by, by taking courses and saying, okay, this is how you do it. You agree, <laughs> you know, you pretend that you're, stand up there and pretend that you're a bumblebee. Right. Okay, <laughs> what would a bumblebee do? Bumblebee might go from flower to flower. A bumblebee might pollinate. Bum, you just put your mind into the thing. So you slowly work up from, the beginnings of, of improv, which is just agreeing. Then you're in a scene with another bumblebee. And now you have to figure out what do, what does one bumblebee want? and What does the other bumblebee want in the scene? Right. Um, and and you're it's a skill you develop to listen to what other people are saying, agree with it, add information, uh, have a have an attitude, have a goal um, and don't talk over each other and right. be physicalize the scene. These are things that you learn how to do over time. And if you get good at it, uh, you, you can do it forever.
0: Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free, join my watch list. Every Friday I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you and it's absolutely free. Just go to michaeljammin.com watchlist watch list. All right, so yeah, so you were working, so you knew, you knew uh, Tom Maxwell, and you're going to tell that story. All right, so um, yeah,
1: so Tom was the runner of, uh, was the director of the Groundlings when I was there, and uh, and he had a very distinctive laugh, and a very distinctive you know kind of it's from one of the Carolinas, I forget which one. Yeah, I think it was North.
0: North, Yeah, North Carolina.
1: And uh, and he was uh, was great audience, a great Mm -hmm. audience. He loved. The laugh was was one, wonderful to have. And he's the guy I interviewed with to, to get into the groundlings, to start working at the school. And right. then I, I worked at, starting at 16, I started doing the school and didn't get into the groundlings till I was 18.
0: Oh, interesting. Wow. So you were, you did the whole training there. And that, wow. Yeah.
1: And it yeah, was we, good training.
0: I'm sure it was. I actually took a, so Tom was a, a writer, I think season three of Just Shoot Me, and then he went up co running it in the later years and i remember he came in like the first day this is how important improv is it's like the first day we're breaking a story and i guess he was just showing off and he just starts acting out the scene and doing all the characters and i was like look at this guy go and we were all just staring and the writer says we're all just staring and i and i shoot the writers and i was like dude what are you doing type <laughs> start typing because everything he's saying is going into the script
1: well, I've seen a lot of writers do that. James Brooks, James L. Brooks, was is able to do that. You just pitch out a scene from top to bottom, you know. I mean, it's amazing. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I'm not downgrading it. It's amazing what people can do that. But yeah, when when we were at the Simpsons, we would pitch in character. You know, people would pitch as Homer, pitch as Marge. We we're, mm-hmm. we we use the voice. Yep. Uh And and we were uh, that. So it, it it trains you to sort of pitch a joke. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and risk having everyone hate it.
0: <laughs> yep. by, and by being improv. Yeah, and but it's also when you pitch a joke and it bombs, at least then you improv a, a funny, ba- you know, a funny backup to it. You know.
1: Yeah, you can. I like, guess you can. You can uh, uh, save yourself by, by acknowledging the bomb or or right. or not acknowledging it. it depends. It depends on how late it is. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. things, sometimes there's just silence. Right. <laughs> it's just like
0: let's move on. Let's go past it. Tom used to get very cranky at around 8 p.m. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, it's my bedtime. He got to work till midnight or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Some people can't do the late nights. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, so how do you, all right, so how do you go about even, other than working with these other actors, how do you go about developing shows? What's, do you have a process? What do you think?
1: Um, well, anything that inspires you, and mm-hmm. then you sort of check it out with, your people and say, is there a show like this already in development or, you know, you know, is that, do we think that we can attach good people to this thing? So, you know, you, right. you, you have to figure out how to position it.
0: You have right. an idea
1: then how do you position it? Who's it for? Can you create auspices to join forces with you, to make it a more powerful sale? Uh, when's the right time to sell it? All those mm-hmm. kind of things go, go into the mix of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. It's so, it, yeah. And then, so what do you usually try to team up with the producer, is that what you, I mean?
1: Right, like this oversharing project is now with Sharon Horgan's company called Merman. Mm-hmm. And, Mer, uh, and so, okay, so they 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 especially like women's stories and this is a women's story and it's sort of like, it's a good uh, company when you're dealing with sort of the story of uh, women in their late 20s in uh, the, the sort of dismal landscape of what life is like for them.
0: <laughs> right. so interesting yeah and so uh what was i gonna say about that um
1: i have a show that i'm writing with uh that i'm I'm helping some newer uh african-american writers with and we're you know trying to get uh, kenya barris to sign on to be part of this thing so he's a good auspices for that yeah um and then i have uh you know a uh uh Show about uh, Jewish boys from Encino and Mel Brooks would no, I'm just talking, joking
0: about. No, that'd be great. Yeah, I worked with him <laughs> I worked with them on uh, on Glenn Martin. We brought him in. I was like, damn, I'm directing Mel Brooks. It was very uh, inti- intimidating, you know. <laughs> no, Mel, Mel, not intimidating. He just won't shut up. But uh... <laughs> but it was still like I'm telling, I'm giving him directions. Like who might be telling Mel Brooks how to play the line? You know, well, if
1: he didn't like it, if he didn't like directions, he'd tell you. Uh, yeah, he, I yeah. don't want to
0: do it, I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to Yeah, I, that was, there was definitely the case. I remember I, I telling him, you know, I asked him to get it again. He goes, no, no, you got it the first time. I'm like, sounds good to me.
1: <laughs>
0: we worked with him on the
1: Tracy Ullman show and he had a million ideas about what he wanted his character to do. And, uh-huh. and we were just
0: like, okay, go for it. <laughs> You're Mel Brooks. Wow. Uh, well, and so, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I had a thought. But I... to
1: go back to your, your original question, how do you develop something? Carl Reiner, the great Carl Reiner, speaking about Brooks, gave me advice and he said um, figure out the hill you're standing on that only you the, the vantage point that only you have and make a show about that. So Interesting. Make it about your world or your point of view or your something that's really on your mind that only you can see and that that's, that was his advice, and I thought that yeah. was good advice.
0: And we hear that a lot. It's like, why are you the only people to write this show? I and mean, then you got to think
1: of a reason. You have to lie and say, well, <laughs> this yeah. happened to me, or this is yeah. my thing. But, but uh, you, know, you, you, you know, obviously when you're a writer, you're bringing something that's personal to you. It doesn't have, you don't have to have experienced the thing to, to have experienced the emotion that the thing is connected to. Sometimes the show is about uh love or sometimes the show is about abandonment or sometimes the Mm -hmm. show is about uh lack of credibility or the show is about ego and the -hmm. the 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 specifics of the show are not necessarily the specifics of your life but there's something that you're very aware of and something that's meaningful to you and if it's meaningful to you then it's going to have a resonance that's going to count and that's uh what i try to do when i when i when I write something, it's because I relate to it and I feel it and, it, and I feel that there's a truth in it.
0: Right. So these are ex- all good words. And how did you, let's say a show like uh, like the, the remake for Punky Brewster, like how did you get involved in that? And I'm always wondering how that my, happens.
1: My friends, uh, Steve and Jim Armageda, uh, had created it and produced it and uh, I'd worked with them on a show called School of Rock and they right. uh, hired me to help them. That's I mean, right. that, that was it. A, fr- a friend's you Know, I was not a. I didn't know anything about Punky Brewster, hadn't watched it, didn't oh, I did. know, know much about it. Uh, uh-huh. but I, I got to know about it, and so right. uh, uh, then we, we we tried to make it. It had been in development for many many years. Universal was trying to sort of use their own properties and make something of it, and so that's that's what happened. It sort of came together over the course of like five years.
0: Wow, see, it takes how long, that's how long it takes, yeah. She, and she, you know. And people, I get this question a lot. I don't know really have a good answer for it, but do you have a preference to do single camera, multi-camera animation? Uh,
1: well, I think it's harder to sell a single camera show. <laughs> Everybody wants to buy, every network says they want to buy a single camera show, but then they don't. They always buy a, a, I mean, excuse me, every, every network wants to buy, says they want to buy a multi-camera show right. because it's cheaper, but they always want to buy single camera shows because they're cooler. And so, yeah. um I'd rather uh, sell the show that, that gets made. And so right, uh, right now I'm interested in selling uh, single camera shows. However, I love multicam. I do like the process. I know it, but it's, I, don't, I, I, I don't watch many multicam shows going like, oh, that's great TV. Uh, I think the single camera shows are better because they're more like movies. You don't, right. have, to, you don't have to lean on jokes quite so much. Um, mm. It's more about the story. You can tell it filmically. Um, and you know, because there's no laugh track, so it's just what's funny is is there, uh, and it's it's different experience. I don't know have you... when the when the 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 multicam if it will ever pop back as a as a main force, but it's, we'll see.
0: It would be nice. Have you? Have you? I didn't look. Have you
1: done any direction directing? Oh yeah, I love directing.
0: Oh, you do? I would, okay. I would give it. I would give it up to just direct. Really? What? Uh... Do You like it that much? What, uh, you know? A lot of guys, a lot, a lot of guys have given it up too. Why, what, why do you like that more than writing? It's collaborative.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not alone in a room. I'm given. I have material. Um, uh, sometimes I've written the material, so I know the intention. But uh, I, I like, I like working with cameras. I like working with the actors. You know, I'm an actor. I'm an old right. actor. So I like acting and I like actors and I like uh, working with them and sort of. Uh, figuring out uh, the big picture and figuring out making sure that all the pieces in the editing room are there. Having edited many shows now, knowing okay, we need this mm-hmm. reaction and that reaction, and we get we, this is the joke. This joke needs to be close, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, this joke needs to be wide, or let's have a choice. Uh, yeah, you know, those those kind of things are are great. And when I've I've when I've uh, directed you know film single camera film action things have been great i love using the camera i love using uh stunts i love using you know and anything that that i can i can envision i love storyboarding stuff and sort of making them happen it's uh... who do you feel you've learned the most from
0: like what directors have taught you the most uh hitchcock i mean <laughs> sitcom guys i can't say i mean you know
1: they're all great. I've, I've learned from every single director we've worked from. I, I, I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to work with Jim Burrows and I've been lucky enough mm-hmm. to work with, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, there's uh, Victor Gonzalez and I've been working, uh, just the, all these directors who know what they're doing. There's, there's a, a guy named Jonathan Judge, who I work with, who mm-hmm. really just knows what he's doing. He knows the feeling. He knows how to keep the set alive and people happy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a lot to do when you're a director uh, and what you're yeah. doing, And when you're a TV director, you're really trying to fulfill the vision of the producers, mm-hmm. which is great. And when I direct, even on shows that I've, I'm executive producing, I'm asking my other writers, like, do I have it? Are you good? Are we satisfied? I'm not just saying, like, I got it. And go-. I want everybody's opinion. I want, I want to change things if people don't have it because we're only here on the set this, this moment. I want right. to get everything we need to get. Um, and I like being collaborative and I like hearing notes. Unlike when I'm a writer, when I don't want to hear notes as a director, I love hearing notes. Uh, Interesting. I, I love adjusting. Uh, yeah. Can we get that? Yes, absolutely. You know, let's go, go for it.
0: Go for it. That's so funny you say that. Yeah. The writers, writers don't like hearing I don't, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't want to hear your notes. <laughs> that's hard. It's, I thought about it. I gave you
1: the thing that I liked and now yeah. you don't know whether it's going to work and neither do I, but let's go with my way.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the
1: general feeling.
0: Yeah, and how do you, how do you mostly handle oh, Jesus, you know, studio notes or network you notes? Know, and how do you when you turn in a draft from you know a pilot or whatever? Like, how do you? What's your first instinct?
1: My first instinct is to tell them to fuck off.
0: Right, right. I, I
1: hold that instinct, <laughs> and instead I say, <laughs> I say, well, that's a good note, or that's a, I I I I put them into three piles: notes uh-huh. that are good notes, and sometimes I get really good notes. Notes that are Neutral notes mm-hmm. that, that are just like, you want to go that way versus this way and they're kind of the same, but all right. And right, notes right. that are, are show ruining.
0: Right, so right. The
1: only notes I will fight about are the show ruining notes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everything else I will say thank you and what a great idea and I really appreciate it. And I will, because I want to be collaborative and I want right. to take it, if they, if they think a green couch is better than a blue couch, then if we can get a green couch, let's get a green couch. Yeah. yeah that's we, fine.
0: we call those lateral notes. This this note will move the script three feet to the right. It's going to take, I'm going to be up all night doing it. And uh, all right, I'll do it. You you're know,
1: right. You just do it because they, they need it and they want it. And it doesn't hurt the show. The right. ones that hurt the show, you've got to say, now. I don't tell me about that because I think that thread that you're pulling ruins the show. And so let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the thing about it. Like if it's, if it's a, a, a story about, Uh, somebody adopting a dog and then the dog ruins their life and they say something along the lines of yeah, but maybe the dog is nice. And you go like, well, if the dog is nice, then there's no show because then we don't have the conflict that's at the core of this particular thing. So we're just throwing out the whole show based on that. And there's, well, why do you want the dog nicer? Well, it's too mean in this thing. Ah, so we can then there's still moments where they think, okay, it's, they're not having fun watching the dog do X, Y, and Z. Let's change those things to be things that are more fun for the executives or other people to watch. Then we can save the show, but not do the show ruining note.
0: Right. Because often you'll get notes from people who are, kind of don't have much experience in the business and they just have this job. They're giving you notes and you don't want to hurt their feelings, but they don't know how to do it yet. You know? So it's a delicate dance.
1: But, and also they're not idiots. You know, people, who, 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 the network executives, every writer likes to think a network executive, they're all idiots. They're right. not. They, right. uh, they are you. They have decided to do this other thing, but they could have been writers and they might've been writers in another life. And they have, the reason they went into it is because they like TV and they like stories and they have an opinion. So embrace them as your partners.
0: That's try right. To,
1: try to make them your partners so that you have a, a happier existence with everyone.
0: We both work with Steve Baldukowski, and I was surprised to learn that he was an executive for many years. I was like, "What? I, I felt like well, you know, you've been a spy all these years." I didn't know that, but I'm not shocked.
1: He has the demeanor that? of an executive. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, it, he, he, I, I would 100% believe him in a nice sweater coming uh-huh. into to work as an executive. Great. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah I, I get that. Y-
0: I was shocked, I, you know, but, but he told me, he thought um, it was his opinion that all executives really just wanted to be writers.
1: I think they I think he's right
0: yeah. that
1: all they do. And when they give a notes, they're saying, hey, what if this is a great idea? They're right. hoping that you receive their note. It's like, oh, that's what a great idea. Thank you for right. helping me write the show. Uh, right. And so I try to, I actually try to receive those notes that way as much as I can. Right.
0: It's kind of. It's kind of like you also building an ally. It's like the more people you can have think it's their show, then they're gonna help put, you know keep it on the air and stuff. But not you know?
1: Think it's their show. It is their show. They're the people who are shepherding it through the network. They're the people. It's every. It is their show. It's not like yeah. you know. It's not us and them. We're, we are them. They're the same people. We have to be a team in order to survive. How? It's such a weird ass landscape of like getting a show on the air mm-hmm. and having anybody know it exists and having them yeah. see it. So you have to get them, their publicity people involved and the network has to like it and then put it in, the, in a good time slot and care about it. And, you know, it's so easy to get lost. You have to, to take care of your show. You have to really do a good job of, of, uh, of bringing it through and, and get as many allies as you can.
0: Right. And how do you recommend young writers basically break in now? I mean, because the, the landscape is so different now.
1: Uh, what do you I tell people? It's the same. Uh, write something great. Mm -hmm. Keep writing something until it's great. Then show that thing to everybody you can. It hasn't changed. Um, Nobody wants to be a salesman when they become a writer, but unfortunately part of being a writer is being a salesman. And so you have to then suck it up and make call people and in a friendly way and get them to read your script Obviously you call and say, I love your work. And will you do me this favor of reading my script? And I would love your notes. Nobody wants your notes. You know, they, they only want you to say, that's the greatest thing in the world. And I love you and I want to hire you. Uh, But, but show your script. Uh, Sometimes you'll get notes and sometimes you'll get compliments. And sometimes you'll say, this is terrible. And then start again. And, you know, you have to really work hard to get through it. Plus meeting people and expanding your, your social circle is really important. So finding a way to, to join groups and be mm-hmm. part of schools or be part, not schools exactly, but be part of, uh, of uh, professional groups and communities yeah. And, yeah. And, and find your way to expand that way.
0: So you told people basically to come out to Hollywood too?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how yeah. you're going to do that from Des Moines. I mean, yeah. uh, you, Ho- you got- Hollywood's not coming to you. Yeah. Right. Although if you live in Atlanta, you know, there's, you know, if you live in places where they're making TV shows, it's possible. So, but they're still,
0: they're still mostly doing the writing out here, aren't they? And you're,
1: but you know, you can, there, there there's lots of production, lots of people, and you can meet people and like, I don't know. It depends on where you're at. It's not, there's a few places where production, you know, you can live in New York city, you can live in Atlanta. You might be able to Toronto and Vancouver. There are places where a lot of shows are being made. Uh, right. So maybe, maybe there, but LA is still the place to come, even though it's not a, you know, it's a hard place to move to. It's expensive and weird mm-hmm. and isolating. And there's a lot of bad yeah. parts about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. It's, it's so great to get your take. Cause I don't know. You're, I, you're kind of saying so many things that I've said, but it's good to hear a different you know, Isn't it great to hear somebody confirm all your ideas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> Everything you've ever believed. Yeah. Well, I have such strong opinions on my, you know, when I talk to people and I'm like, well, wow, I, I could just be stubborn, but this is how I would, this is how I see it. But yeah, it's interesting to hear but your I mean, take.
1: It is, it is new and, you know, you've got to write something new and, and if you can get attention to something, if you can put up a show or make a, mm-hmm. a, a you know, find a way to get attention to your project, uh, do YouTube, mm-hmm. uh, uh, short films, make Make something you know on, on the uh on the tick tock and and mm-hmm. find a way to sort of be available and 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 get your stuff out there, then you have a shot uh but it's hard it's hard i mean it's hard once you have a show on the air you know uh your your old boss Levitan has a show called reboot that's mm-hmm. on Hulu i think yeah I don't know who watches it because who's who knows it exists like it's probably like they have great cast and and uh, uh, an esteemed writing uh, team making it and like you know it will come and it will unless people hear about it nobody will know
0: yeah yeah it's and, and, and I, one thing i also want to stress for our new writers is like we're struggling too like we're hustling too none of it's easy none of it's guaranteed it's you know we're working it to you know i always say you got to work to break in well is it, well, it's, but it's too hard yeah don't tell me it's too hard i know i do it every day you know
1: it's it is it is a struggle and you sort of want uh, uh gigs coming uh, possible gigs come and then they go and then they, they they don't happen and it's it's uh it's hard to get in the rooms and it's all that kind of stuff and when you're running a show which i i recently you know i i i uh, had a show that i was getting a writing staff for, I had a million phone calls from a million people saying, hey, you got room. And I had to tell a million of them, no, you know, great people, really great people that I had to say no to because, and, and so when they say, when they say no to me, I understand why it's not, it's not the makeup of the room that that's going to make the studio happy. They have to make up a room that's going to make Mm -hmm. the studio happy. And there's only a a limited amount of spaces for people like me. And that's, and there's a, and there's a lot of us who need jobs. So yep. it's uh it's a, it's an interesting time for that.
0: So is there anything else? Is there anything we can plug you? How can people follow you? I, I'm so grateful that you did this talk. You know, you're so, so interesting. Uh,
1: my plug. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm at Jake Hogan at Twitter and Jake Hogan at Facebook and Jake Hogan at Instagram and I have a TikTok account, but I don't post anything there. Uh, you don't know how to use it. I don't know how to use it, and I'm not <laughs> interested in making little, little TikTok. I think you should do What's it. I did a TikTok dance.
0: I think you should do it. Yeah, get on a trending sound.
1: Right, uh, but uh, but I, I do every Friday. We do something uh, on my Twitter feed called Philosophy Friday. So on Fridays around 4:30, uh, I have a bunch of people. We use the. Uh, I got a- I gotta follow you on that, I didn't know that.
0: What's that
1: about? Uh, uh, well, we just talk about uh, life and love and uh, fear and how to overcome uh, the difficulties of, of the world. Usually I post a question for the week and we can talk about that, but people can also come and just talk about their problems. Now, Twitter is famously the most vicious and horrible of all the social media. So my idea was, why can't we have like a little window of people who are actually nice to each other and care about each other, and try to help uh-huh. each other on this platform of shit. And so that's what I've done, and I'm almost three years into this, and uh, you know that. It's, been, it's been fun. Wow,
0: all right, so some people can get in touch with you. That's, that's really cool, I know I'm gonna be following you on that. Interesting.
1: And then if you, if you follow me on uh, my social medias, you can see my improv shows when I do them, and uh, yep. you can also follow, uh, every, all your followers should listen to Charlie Kogan. Who's my son, who's a musician? And he just released a new record. Uh, and I want everybody to hear it uh, on for TV sure, or Apple Music or Amazon or wherever it is. Charlie Cogan, K O G E N.
0: Excellent.
1: Jake, not Jake Ogan, it's Jake Cogan and it's Charlie Cogan. Right. So, yeah,
0: I'm glad you cleared that up because I was too embarrassed to ask. And uh, what kind of music does he do?
1: Uh, it's mostly zither music. And uh and what is that? Yeah, it's just pop pop oh, is oh. zither is a terrible, <laughs> strange instrument. Uh no, oh. it's uh it's just it's uh it's pop music. It's really great uh-huh. pop music. I don't know if you like do you like Ed Sheeran?
0: Uh, yeah, interesting be, so something
1: he, something like that. Not, and so he doesn't want to go into comedy writing. He might. He's really funny. He might. Uh, and we've right. worked on stuff together, but he's really talented musician and he's sort of honed his skills as a as a music, uh, songwriter, singer, music producer. Uh-huh. And those are, he's like ready to go on that level. He's good not for him. ready to go as a comedy writer yet, but he could right. Well, wow. He's in college right now. He's uh, studying. So we don't really, his, sing, his singles come out intermittently, but uh, you while know, he's, he, well, he's, well, he's at college.
0: Oh, good. Well, let's make him happen. Go listen to him on Spotify. Charlie Kogan. Yeah. yeah. Jay, thank you again so much uh This is good for me to hear i don't know if anybody else heard it, but well, i like it was great me.
1: to hang with you i you know I'd heard a lot about you and uh and uh, you know so this is and I've seen your videos on the uh on the the and the, yeah, and no the weird uh, instagrams and that's been that's been amazing. How do you market you How did you decide to sort of do do this <laughs> stuff
0: I'll tell you after well get, we get off the air but basically I, I was telling my ma- my manager. Uh, I had a call with him the other day and I was telling him what I was doing. He goes, uh, on TikTok, he goes, oh, I know, people forward me your videos. <laughs> they go, Do you, have you heard of this guy? He's like, yeah, it's my client. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, but it's, but
1: it's, uh, it's interesting and I think it prov- pr- provides a valuable service, but it's, it's, it seems like it would be a, you know, a little bit of a time suck, but also just mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's value on the other side of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, we'll talk more about it. But thank you so much, everyone. Go follow Jake Hogan and, uh, and his son. And, and ask and his... me
1: questions. You can reach me at, uh, at any of these places and I'll answer your questions for free. Just like wow. Michael
0: does. How just do you like, like that? Michael does. That, okay. I'm going to start it. And, and, I'll I'll the first agree, one.
1: and I'll agree with him <laughs> on everything he says.
0: <laughs> Please, I need it. All right, uh, until next time. Thank you so much. And uh, oh, uh, yeah, thank you so much. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jamin. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jammin Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep writing.